go to work, bro! You play ball like a girl! This is the Workday Red Zone on the ticket, 95.3 and 9.70 a.m. K-N-E-A. Here's your host, Kara Ritchie. All right, hey, everybody. How y'all doing? You doing okay? You feeling recharged, ready to go? Embracing a Monday is what we're trying to do today. Here on the program. Basically, I'm trying to talk myself into it is what this is. But uh, a couple of hours to kill ahead here on the Workday Red Zone. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in here with us on the ticket. KNEA 970 AM along with 95.3, and 104.1 KVRI. We're streaming online at 953theticket.com. And in addition to that, you can take us with you on the go. Download the TuneIn app. Search for KNEA. And you're going to be all set. If you want to shout at us today, really easy, call us. 870-930-3776 is the number to call. Of course, you can also interact with us on social media, facebook.com slash 95.3 The Ticket, on Twitter at Kara underscore Richie, or by using the hashtag WDRZ. I'm Kara Richie. I'm joined in studio by producer Kate Carlton. Good afternoon. I am very glad that Kate is here with us today for numerous <laughs> reasons, but mostly... Uh, that he is here in one piece and he has no visible bruises yeah. or uh, or anything else. Uh, if you missed it or if you didn't know, Cade spent his weekend, part of his weekend, at Ole Miss at Tennessee. And that one got a little bit eventful. Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, a little bit, yes. All right, well, <laughs> we're going to dive into, well, of course, as soon as we want to bring it up, the headline, or excuse me, the, the phone starts Ringing. We're going to dive into headlines. We're going to dive into the KavanaughCars.com question. We're going to get into all the stuff that you would expect for us to get into during the course of the show, uh, especially on a Monday. But uh, I do want to hear Cade's recap of what happened at Tennessee and Ole Miss. Of course, he's got to he's got to tell Miss Lisa about it on the first on the phone first. So I tell you what, we'll do headlines. We'll throw out the question of the day, and then we'll get his thoughts. On that game because holy moly. Back to work this week for Arkansas State football. As uh, the Red Wolves, of course, spent last week on the bye week. Players focused on uh, recharging, getting healthy for the second half of the season. A lot of the coaches hit the road to work on recruiting. Just a refresher, A-State welcomes Louisiana to Centennial Bank Stadium on Thursday. So nice midweek. Coming up this week for the Red Wolves. Several of the Red Wolves in action uh, this weekend. Arkansas State Soccer. A golden goal by Aaliyah Williamson. Got the Red Wolves to a win yesterday over App State. A-State Bowling opened the season with a Motive Penguin Classic title. So a good start there for Coach Caustic squad. A-State uh, Volleyball swept by Texas State this Saturday. But also uh, cross country in action too. As they had a couple different meets that they were participating in. Good showings. In both of those, uh, both the pre-nationals for uh, some of the Red Wolves and then the Little Rock Open also where several Red Wolves were running. So a lot going on there this weekend for Arkansas State. Elsewhere, Arkansas suffered its third straight loss with a 38-23 setback Saturday in Fayetteville against Auburn. 
Razorbacks beat up going in. They were without three of their defensive starters. And then also, unfortunately, in that game loss, Jalen Callon to a, to a shoulder injury. So he's now going to be out for the season. With that loss, uh, the Razorbacks drop out of the top 25. Of course, uh, the top 25, number one team in the country stays the same. That's still Georgia. But Cincinnati up to number two in the poll. We'll dive into more of the top 25 coming up later. Elsewhere, the Braves took a 2-0 lead in the NLCS in dramatic fashion. Another walk-off there. And a 5-4 winner over the L.A. Dodgers. So the focus shifts to the American League. Tonight, you got the Astros at the Red Sox at 7. That series is tied 1-2-1. So, KavanaughCars.com question today. It's just kind of, it, it's an easy question to start off the week with. I want to know what, who you have down as your biggest winner and biggest loser from the sports weekend. You can dive into both or just one or the other. And that is today's KavanaughCars.com question. Again. We're going to hear more from Cade on an eventful weekend in Knoxville. <laughs> Coming up. Yeah, here, it was and, eventful uh, for sure. A moment. That's when the, did you bring home any golf balls, any mustard, any extra water uh, bottles? I, I didn't. I got. Uh, I didn't spend much time in Knoxville when I woke up yesterday morning. I got out of there as soon as I could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, we've got. I'll go ahead and tell you we have a, a bonus question on Twitter, and I'm already cackling at the responses. Inspired by Ole Miss at Tennessee. And please please note first that this question does not condone the actions of the fans in attendance in Knoxville on Saturday. But what's the funniest thing that could be possibly that could possibly be thrown onto a field of play? There's two things I want to mention when you when you think of answers. One, it has to be it has to be something that could conceivably be thrown. So you can't be like, oh, a car. No, you can't <laughs> throw a car. Come on. And then, two, I would like for it to be radio-friendly. Okay? <laughs> I can think of a lot of answers that would be funny, but I don't necessarily yeah. want to be talking about them on the show. So get your all's mind out of the gutter, and let's go with uh, funny, radio-friendly. No, we don't condone these actions. Yes, the mustard was hilarious. Miss Lisa's with us on the phone. How are you today? Well, I'm good. My Razorbacks lost, and we got two bad calls, but that's not... The, the SEC refereeing this year is terrible across the board, and then we bunged up one play. But the biggest winner of the weekend, in my opinion, was Cincinnati handling UCF the way they did. Yeah. And the biggest loser was Tennessee, and this is what I called about. Now, anybody that's a fan of an SEC school, and religiously goes to the stadiums and such, like myself and Cade. We know the good places to go. We know the bad places to go. And to be honest, there's not a lot of bad places. There, there really isn't. Mm-hmm. And um, But I went to Tennessee one time about 10 years ago. And most of our stadiums in the SEC are bold as as. You know, Kate understands what I'm saying, you know, and, and I, know, I know you do too. Yeah. One bowl, then another bowl, and then we have the things on top that are pretty high. But still, yet, even if you're up there, you can see the field. When you go to Tennessee and pay $300 for a seat, you got to weigh 75 pounds to fit in it, first of all. So you either have to lay on your side or stand up, and, and there's no bowling there. You're like... Uh, am I correct, Kay? You're like feeling like you're going to fall off a mountainside. 
Uh, if you're up top, probably. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But the one time I went, I honestly had a talk with the good Lord, and I said, if you get me out of here, I don't care what kind of... That was when Arkansas had the game. Well, anyway, Houston, that, that's enough said. <laughs> and, uh, but... Um, that's when Brandon Bulls were before he got killed. John Clint Sterner uh, tripped over Brandon Bulls' worth okay. foot. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's a memorable game for me. But anyway, that they have the worst, and it I, and I think Kate will back me up. I'll get off here. It's not their kids or their students. It's the people my age. They are idiots with a capital I. And you get me with my temperament with some of these idiots hollering the things they're hollering about uh, Clint Sterner and Brandon Burlesworth. And I thought I was going to throw one or two of them off the top of that thing. But nevertheless, my husband prevailed, got me out of there, and he said, don't ever ask to come back here because we're not coming. <laughs> Kate, as I was watching that, I thought, Lord, don't let nobody hit him in the head with a frozen water bottle. <laughs> and it's a wonder you hadn't got hit with something. Yeah. And I thought about you. Well, that, I, I made the smart decision to move down in the Ole Miss-only section away from Tennessee fans, so that probably well, saved the day. That was smart, yeah. And then the band started running out, and the cheerleaders and the dance team. Now, here's the last thing I want to say. If the SEC can find Arkansas $100,000 for storming the field, Greg Sankey better trot out there today, and he better say, we're finding the University of Tennessee $1 million. This can't, and he needs to make uh, he made, he needs to make a, what do you call an example yeah. out of them? Because people are not going to go there. Would you want to go in there, Karen, said about halfway up? No, I have no desire to be around All Tennessee right. fans, you got, to be okay. honest, for multiple reasons. But, but he better come out today. I, I've already called the Birmingham office. Well, they're in a meeting, I could see. I said you're probably sitting there filing your nails too, and she hung up on me. But anyway, that's me. I don't care if they hang up on me or not. Thank you for taking my call, Kate. I'm glad you're okay. Thank you. I appreciate it, Miss Lisa. Thanks for the phone call today. Uh, I want to follow up on Tennessee fans in in just a moment, but uh, again, our, our CavanaughCars.com question. Uh, biggest winner, biggest loser in, in sports from the, uh, not to have it written down as college football weekend, but just from the sports weekend overall. And look, Tennessee fans certainly made themselves look like losers uh, this weekend. And not just losers because they, they were on the, uh, you know, they, they it did end up in the loss column from that game. But, I mean, but, but sore losers. Um, how, how did that unfold? Because, honest to goodness, I, w- I had on that game, I... 
had I, I just kind of zoned out. You know, it was getting later on Saturday. I'd kind of zoned out on something. I was playing some kind of stupid game on my phone. I know I was. <laughs> and so I quit paying attention for like three or four minutes. And the next thing I, I look up and there's a break in play and the water yeah. bottles have started coming down. And um, so I, I know I have no doubt you've probably got a lot to address with this in the setup yeah. today. But I'm curious, as you're there and that starts happening, like kind of walk us, walk us through that. Well, I mean, so first off, I started sitting you know, I, I set, I guess, a section over from where Ole Miss people were, but I was at the top of the section. And mm-hmm. so the there's like 57, 58 rows, and the last eight to nine rows are under an awning. So, like, you can, you can see the field perfect. You yeah. see everything perfect. You just can't see the video board. Well, I was sitting next to Tennessee fans, and most of them were nice, but the one sitting right next to me was just actively rooting for Matt Crowell to get hurt. And I was like, I, I'm not going to make it through this game. I'm yeah. going to say something. Yeah. I need to go move by Ole Miss fans. So that's what I did. Uh, and it was fine. I mean, the, the section I was in, the first 45, 50 rows were all Ole Miss fans because there was a great Ole Miss contingent. But you could just kind of feel the energy in that stadium all night was a little toxic. I mean, you... I'm pretty sure a lot of people heard the Lane Kiffin chants the student section did throughout the night, and that was repetitive. I mean, it was all night long. Um, So you could start to feel the energy kind of changing, especially around the third quarter. And that's kind of when I started thinking, like, all right, if whatever happens, like, what is my game plan getting out of here? Yeah. Because it, it, it was apparent the energy in the stadium had changed. And then... I I think it started from the student section and just kind of worked its way throughout the stadium. But it was, I mean, it was 20 minutes nonstop of just throwing water bottles and whatever else on the field. And it wasn't just like a, some people like Tennessee tried to make it out to be like, no, it was, it was everywhere in the stadium. It was up top. It was down low. It was the student section. It was everywhere. So it was, uh, it was crazy. Thankfully being in the Ole Miss section, you know, didn't get hit with anything, which was surprising, but You know, I've seen a lot of stuff of Tennessee fans don't miss alike, you know, getting beer thrown on them or whatever. So it was uh, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. Because usually when you see that, if someone throws something on the field, immediately everyone's like, what are you doing? And yeah. they get kicked out. Yeah, It's not an everyone joins and all of a sudden there's hundreds of things on the field. I can name, I think, like two Tennessee fans that I know personally. And, and that's about it. So my experience in actually interacting with, with Tennessee fans is very limited. But what I've seen from them on a national and local level, obviously we've, we've seen, you know, what happened on Saturday, which is an awful, awful look. Uh, when, when you're in a situation where you're putting your own coaches, your own players, your own cheer, your own dance, your own band, your own fellow fans at risk because you want to have a temper tantrum as a grown-up, that is an awful, terrible look. You can't do that. Additionally, one of the things that's always going to stick out about the Tennessee faithful is the, the coaching search they had back yeah. in 2017 where they, they hired a coach only to have the fan base just have an, an open revolt and turn that into, um, I mean, the, the Athletic had a great write-up on it and said it went from a coaching carousel to a coaching carnival, which is fairly accurate because it was a complete clown show. And then in terms of like the local tie-in, Obviously, there's no love lost between Butch Jones and the Tennessee faithful, mm-hmm. but I can, I can, nobody in Knoxville knows who I am. Nobody cares who I am. I can barely type out a tweet that says Butch Jones' full name in it 
without having a Tennessee fan in my mentions who has gone through and Twitter searched his name to res- to reply something negative. Almost every single tweet that he puts yeah. out, he can put out. He he almost only puts out. His Twitter's kind of lame, to be honest. He almost only puts out happy birthdays to his players and coaches. That's like the only thing on Butch Jones' timeline. But yet, without fail, <laughs> every time he wishes one of his players a happy birthday, there's 20 people in his mentions telling him how he ruined Tennessee. And, yeah. and that's one of the nicest comments you can find. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, it's kind of one of those deals when every every team in the SEC has beef with you. Eventually, it's not a them problem it's a it's a you problem and it it's crazy though because my experience up until the fourth quarter was they hated Ole Miss Mm -hmm. they hated Lane Kiffin but they never made it personal they were nice to me they were nice to other Ole Miss fans I never saw anyone like you know trying to start a fight or you know saying anything they were nice but they uh their actions, I guess, once the game kicked off, were were a complete one eighty. So, it was uh, it was interesting. I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, I'll never forget that game. That's for sure. <laughs> um, man, uh, interesting stuff. Again, uh, question of the day: Who's the biggest winner, biggest loser from the sports weekend? Also, kind of a bonus question: What's the funniest thing that could possibly be thrown onto a field? Again, we do not condone those actions. But yes, we will talk about the mustard coming up later on on the show today. That's what we've got going on. We'll hit pause for a moment and come back. And uh, hey, it's a game week coming up for the Red Wolves. That means it's time to talk just a little bit of Arkansas State football. More on that when we come back. Keep it with us on the ticket. We're the station that loves bat flips, transition threes, and end zone dances. One, two, three. It's Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. 95.3 The Ticket. Your vehicle is a personal and important investment. At Central Collision Center, we're more than collision repair. We do everything from minor paint touch-ups and windshield replacements to framework. We're committed to customer satisfaction and provide the highest quality of service. At Central Collision Center, we provide honest and expert auto care and offer a written lifetime warranty and on-site rental car arrangements. Stop by or give us a call today to schedule your free estimate. Central Collision Center. Professional. Convenient. Reliable. Find Central Chevrolet on Stadium and online at centralcollisionctr.com. There's a lot of things we can say about the kind of experience you get when using First Financial Mortgage. Here are more glowing reviews from satisfied customers. I always hate buying, selling, or refinancing a home. First Financial Mortgage was great from start to finish. Everyone there was friendly and easy to talk to. Mary Tucker was a godsend. This was our first home to purchase, and she walked us through the entire process step by step. She is a true professional. Call Mary Tucker or Lori Weaver, 935. 7808. First Financial Mortgage Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Why do I have to order my bras and underwear online now? I'm so over it. Am I even wearing the right size? Oh, you don't have to anymore. Honey Hush in downtown Jonesboro is the best. What? Really? Can they fit me? Absolutely. It's a cozy private boutique with a great staff. I love Andrea and Honey Hush. She has extended sizes up to 54 and the whole alphabet of cups. Let's go tomorrow. Honey Hush, Jonesboro's newest bra and underwear store with loungewear too. 706 south main street in jonesboro something unexpected honey hush oh you ghost and goblins out there let 1812 pizza company feed your hunger this halloween season you have to try the zombie pizza loaded with creepy pepperoni slimy salami and an extra helping of spooky sauce and 1812 pizza has dessert covered too with their scary reese's pieces pizza sure to put the treat in your trick-or-treating let 1812 pizza feed your monstrous appetite with delivery from all three locations curbside pickup at hilton in Jonesboro and in Manila and drive through window on Ray Street in Jonesboro. Eat local this Halloween at 1812 Pizza Company. 
You've been told banks with branches don't have the digital capabilities you need. But why not have the best of both worlds? At First National Bank, we have all the online banking tools you could ever need. Plus, if you need something, we have real people in real places near you. Digital with branches and real people. We know you can't be everywhere at once, but we can be anywhere you are. Check it, snap it, track it, pay it, move it, and ask it anywhere. First National Bank, putting you first always. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Arkansas hunters, we need your help. There's a silent killer in the deer woods that is expanding through our state. Chronic wasting disease, a fatal neurological disease that affects deer and elk. The Arkansas Game and Fish Commission is asking that any harvested deer be tested at more than 100 free testing locations throughout the state. The data collected will be very valuable as we continue our research. To learn more about this disease and to find your closest testing site, visit ArkansasCWD.com. This is your warning. You're entering the Workday Red Zone. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Cade with you. 9303776 is the number to call. Yes, Kate is with us all in one piece. He has no visible bruises. So, I just... By the way, 18 people were arrested and apparently 47 were ejected on Saturday. And that's the report just coming out. Oh, those numbers are going to go up. Yeah. Because what inevitably happened here, you're going to have numerous people who put those videos all over their social media because people mm-hmm. are because if you're stupid enough to throw something you're probably also stupid enough to film it and put it on social media so that number is going to continue so congratulations to all of those people who will never be allowed back in Neyland stadium for the rest of their lives i instead of finding them i wish they would just make it where nobody can attend the georgia game in two weeks that's their next home game they'd never do that i know they wouldn't but that would that would send the message one one note here on on repercussions before we move on to to talk a state and, and some other topics. SEC is is about to be in a, a significant mess. Yeah. Because to the best of my knowledge, a couple of years ago, when Ole Miss had a situation where their fans got out of control and threw water bottles, whatever they could find, onto the basketball court, I couldn't find a punishment for that, and. Maybe there there was one, but I don't know. But if you if you didn't punish the Ole Miss faithful there, you're in a big mess of a situation for trying to punish the Tennessee faithful here. Now, do I think there should be punishment? Yeah. And, and the SEC does have a precedent here of, of punishing fans that rush the field or punishing the school where those fans rush the field and things like that. But but if you have an established precedent where you had a large group of fans that threw projectiles onto the field of play and you didn't do anything about it, you were you in a mess in yeah. the league office. Yeah, and not to condone that because that one's not right either, but that was a deal where the game is already over. And so they're throwing stuff on the court where the game is already over. And I'm sure they got fined. I don't know what they got fined, but they they had to have gotten fined. But this was a little bit different because this stopped the this stopped the game. Like there was fifty something seconds left. Yeah. They had to stop the game for twenty minutes because of this. Which is also the other thing that was wild. It's like you have three timeouts left. You still have a chance to go win the game. Like why are you throwing stuff on the field? Nine three zero three seven seven six. 
is the number to call. So uh, a lot that happened over the weekend that, believe it or not, did not involve Tennessee Ole Miss, although that's been uh, the most popular topic for the start of the show. Uh, light weekend for A-State in terms of, um, you know, a lot of the coaches were out and about. They were out recruiting. Uh, so this team, I guess the, the primary focus to get healthy, to get ready for Thursday when the Red Wolves are set to take on the Raging Cajuns. I, I am a little concerned about what this team is in, in store for on Thursday. And what I mean by that is is who's actually going to be out on the field for the Red Wolves. Um, earlier today, Butch Jones in his weekly Sunbelt Conference um, media call did not necessarily address specifics in terms of what players would be in, what players would be out. Uh, but he did say in the call that multiple players with injuries will not be back for Thursday night's game versus the Raging Cajun. So I would anticipate, you know, more questions thrown Jones's way uh, coming up tomorrow when he does his weekly, you know, local media presser. But when you're talking about, you know, multiple players with injuries, well, we already have a little bit of a list. We know that, you know, Robert Holmes is out for the season there at, at right tackle. We know that, um, oh, I just went blank. Uh, Ter- Teddy, <laughs> Terry Hampton. Yeah. Woo! Sorry. Uh, we know he's out for the season on the interior of the of the defensive line. We know that James Blackman is is nursing a shoulder injury, and I, I would I, I can't wrap my head around you know the way they were talking about that injury two week two weeks ago. I can't wrap my head around him being available for this one. You know, Sammy Johnson, of course, was was carted off the field, and even though that was precautionary. Um, probably still questionable there. He's definitely going to be questionable. We'll just have to wait and see his ava- availability for Thursday. And I'm a little concerned about Corey Rucker um, in the sense that, you know, that's that's a guy that has, he's already been playing hurt. And there were not one, not two, but three different times in that game last Thursday against Coastal Carolina where I was convinced he took the hit that was going to end his game, if not his month or, or his season. Uh, so So he's beat up. And you hope, the hope is that, you know, these two weeks were kind to him. He was able to rest his body and, and get some bumps and bruises taken care of. And I have no doubt there are, you know, you get through six straight games, there are nu- numerous other guys in his situation that are dealing with the bumps and bruises of, of not having a break yet. But that's a big concern because we know that there are significant areas of this team that are are lacking in depth. We know that there are areas of this team where, they're, they're not necessarily strong to begin with, and there's a significant drop-off between the ones and the twos. So you just you can't have anybody hurt in a season where so many different units are, are already struggling. And we've been asking you, you know, for our KavanaughCars.com question, the biggest winner, biggest loser um, from the sports weekend. But it one of the biggest losers um, were the A-State wide receivers. And what I mean by this is is when you're just casually chilling on a college football Saturday on a bye week and you follow a group of five team, you don't necessarily expect to see their name um, on TV in the middle of a broadcast, but there was a graphic. And there was, there was a graphic in that Arkansas and Auburn game with the most dropped passes in college football. Entering the week. And you know who, who was on top of that leaderboard? It was Arkansas State. Tied with Virginia. For the most dropped passes. In college football. Entering. Last week. You just. It, you can't have that. And, yeah. and I know I'm preaching to the choir here. But. We've gotten so accustomed to. One we've gotten very accustomed for. 
this wide receiver room to be the strength, maybe not not even just of the offense, but the strongest group on the team in terms of depth, in terms of talent, in terms of highlight potential. And and I still feel like talent-wise, that group should be able to do the same. No, there's not a Jonathan Adams in there, and there's not a, an Omar Bayless in there. But man, Corey Rucker's pretty good. Tavailis Hunt is, is pretty good. Jeff Foreman's pretty good. There's several other guys in that group that are pretty good. There's no excuse for 23 drop passes at this point in time, especially when there's there's just so many other parts of that offense that are that are having issues. The consistency of the line play, the consistency of the run game. The I, I do wonder now it certainly would not clear it up, but I do wonder what the quarterback controversy would have looked like in the first six games if there had not been 23 dropped passes. Yeah. Now, to be yeah. fair, they dropped plenty that were thrown from James Blackman and plenty that were thrown from Lane Hatcher. But obviously the offense would have moved a little bit better in several of those instances had receivers been able to hold on to the ball. And I think one of the reasons is I'm that, that I've mentioned this a few different times with the drop passes is because the offense is not, you know, the biggest problem. It's it's the defense. But the defense was very, very bad last year. And there was not a lot changed personnel-wise. And there's not enough depth scheme-wise for there to be significant improvements this year. So the defense is kind of in an it-is-what-it-is situation in terms of their struggles. I expected more from this offense. I really did. So that's kind of the frustration there. The The bar is higher on the offensive side of things, and it hasn't been met at this point in time, to be honest with you. nine three zero three seven seven six. asking you uh, the biggest winner, biggest loser from the sports weekend. Elsewhere, a lot of wins for, for A-State athletics just in general. Uh, good start to the season for bowling. They won their first tournament. Um, a huge, huge win for Arkansas State soccer in terms of uh, their win over App State. So now I'd, they're, uh, I think they're leading the Sun Belt here. And if not, they're close to it and, and going to be able to potentially have that number one seed going into the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. So some, some good stuff there. So some big wins for A-State Athletics in general. Let's hit pause. More on our KavanaughCars.com question when we come back. Phone lines will be open during the break at 930-3776. Keep it right here with us on The Ticket. Enter the Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie. Weekdays from noon to 2 on Northeast Arkansas's Sports Station. 95.3 The Ticket. Bigger bonuses. Increased starting pay. Linux Industries has 300 positions to fill and is now offering brand new seasonal shift incentives. Hiring bonuses from $2,000 for first shift and $2,500 for second shift. Starting pay from $1,525 on first to $16 per hour for second shift. Plus excellent benefits including full medical benefits and a free on-site clinic for employees and their families and an air-conditioned factory. Bigger bonuses. Increased starting pay up to $16 an hour. Come join the Linux team, the leading HVAC company in America. Call 870-672-8161 or apply online at linuxinternational.com slash careers. Linux Industries is an equal opportunity employer. Hog prices back on the rise. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB New Market Report. 
Kentucky. Summer corn at 528 and a quarter, up two and a half, with March corn at 536 and a quarter, up two. November soybeans at 1220 and a quarter, up two and a half, with January soybeans at 1228 and a half, up two and a quarter. December wheat at 733 and a quarter, down three quarters, with March wheat at 746, down a half. December cotton at 105.51, down 182, with March cotton at 103.70, down 130. November rice at 13.80, down five and a half cents. January rice at 14.05, down six and a half. Moving on to livestock now, October live cattle 125.47 and a half down 50 with December live cattle 130.40 down 57 and a half. October feeder cattle 156.27 and a half down 130. November feeder cattle 160.07 and a half down 135. December lane hogs at 78.80 up 52 and a half with February hogs at 81.70 up 37 and a half. That's your EAB noon market report and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. I'm a cotton farmer. I'm BASF. I'm made of grit, passion, and hands that never stop working. I'm made of agronomics, innovation, and hands that never stop helping. I I believe believe cotton cotton isn't isn't a crop. crop. It's a calling. I'm made to grow it. Protect it. I know this is important to my family. Every family. That's why I work harder. Innovate better. To make my cotton as good as it can be. As protected as it can be. I'm a cotton farmer. I'm BASF. We We create create chemistry. chemistry. Redwoods fans, this is your coach, Butch Jones, and it's football time in Jonesboro. We can't wait to see you pack the vault for six home games this fall. Hatcher steps up, going to keep it. Inside the 10, inside the 5 lane, Hatcher is into the end zone. Touchdown, Arkansas State. Help us lock the vault. Secure your seat now. Visit astateredwolves.com or call 870-972-2781. Wolves up. Did you know? 26 million Americans have kidney disease, and most don't know it. Did you know understanding your risk of kidney disease may be the first step in treating it? Visit the National Kidney Foundation at kidney.org. Now, you know. Turn it up and annoy your coworkers who wear the wrong colors. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Cade with you. Got not one, but two KavanaughCars.com questions for you. Biggest winner and the biggest loser from the sports weekend. Who you got? That's uh, that's question number one. Question number two. It's the funniest thing that could possibly be thrown onto a field of play. This is just for... This is just for debate purposes. These are for comedy purposes. We do not condone the actions of people who throw things onto... Fields, courts, what have you. But you got to look at one of the biggest winners from the weekend as being French's mustard. There were... (laughs) That was almost like the biggest superstar uh, from the college football weekend because you saw uh, some very normal things that were tossed onto the field of play in Tennessee. I say normal. None of it's normal, but like water bottle, beer can, okay, that's what fans yeah. have in their hands while while they're at the game. Uh the golf ball was a little bit different that uh, hit Lane Kiffin in the elbow. But the one that has everybody stomped is the bottle of French's mustard that appeared on the field. And there are just so many questions in regards to how that that happened. Did somebody bring it in? Did they steal it from the concession stand? 
if they did steal it from the concession stand, was it because they just really, really love mustard and needed triple mustard on their hot dog? Or was it because they were out at the house and thought they needed it? Did they know later that maybe they were going to throw something on the field so they just wanted to grab a projectile and didn't want to part ways with their beer? They're just, I mean, the questions are endless. Of course, uh, social media, whenever something like this happens, has a field day. So shout out to uh, Carl with a K who sends us a picture here of a (laughs) French's Mustard, Tennessee, volunteer uniform. If that sounds weird in your head, it's because it's weird to see. Basically, it's a picture of a player with a uh, Tennessee helmet on, Tennessee logo on his hip, but yet the uh, the uniform is yellow with French's across the chest. I just hope anybody that threw beer cans, they were the beer was gone. Otherwise, you wasted fourteen dollars because that's Ooh. how much beer prices were in the stadium, thirteen to fourteen dollars. So if you threw a beer can, it better it better have been empty. Fourteen. Well, I think it's already been established that the people who threw stuff weren't thinking with. Yeah, yeah. Those weren't the smart fans. The, yeah. Yeah, they had they had been drinking long before they got in that stadium on Saturday night. Nine three zero three seven seven six is the number to call. Uh, looks like uh, Butch Jones is having his press conference today. By the way, so we'll update you on that as uh, Arkansas State's head football coach uh, addressing the media. Because I guess, uh, well, you kind of get it. So today is is Monday in terms of normal people week, but of course, football players are programmed to typically. Go through a normal week and play on Saturday. That moves up to, that means today is more like a Wednesday, which means instead of Butch Jones talking to the media on Wednesday, it's going to be today. If you're confused, me too. That's a a really long way of saying if he says anything noteworthy, we'll pass it along. (laughs) Mitchell Gladstone of the ADG, friend of the setup, friend of the ticket, as well as Chris Hutchinson of KIT are there on the scene, and they're tweeting out updates. So if we see anything noteworthy, particularly in regards to these Red Wolves injuries that we touched on in the previous segment, we will pass that along. Uh, Really, he just got started. So he has uh, already started looking at the competition, saying Louisiana may be the best football team A-State has played to date. Don't tell that to the uh, Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be better than Coastal. Do they have an NFL tied in, a first-round NFL tied in? <laughs> I don't because think Coastal so. does. I don't think so. The issue over the past few years in dealing with the Raging Cajuns has been you know, dealing with their offensive line and dealing with their run game. And for a while, so far this season, it, it didn't look like either one of those had necessarily been surging. And wouldn't you know it, it looks like they found their spark, of course, right before playing Arkansas State as they went out and they just totally drubbed uh, the raging, or excuse me, the the drop the Mountaineers in, in last week's midweek game. So had no issues there. I know they've tweaked their offensive line a little bit because they weren't getting the results that they wanted in the beginning of this in the beginning of the season. So they've done some different stuff there, and uh, in fact they're short-handed right now. But it really hasn't hasn't impacted them that much. So that's been a really good unit for the Cajuns going on. Well, pretty much as long as Billy Napier has been there at this point, and it, it continues to to be good. I think there are some people that think that maybe Napier or the players or whoever might be distracted by what's going on at LSU because, of course, uh, we'll and we'll talk more on this later. But LSU and, and Coach Ed Ogeron has have of course agreed to part ways, so they're going to break up after this season. Um, 
And that means what happens after a, a job opens up, that means everybody starts throwing out names until they get one that will reasonably fit. Well, there's a lot of reasons that Billy Napier would be a good choice there for LSU. And there's a lot of people, a lot of reasons he's going to be linked to that job. But don't forget for a second, this is like the third straight year that the Cajun faithful have been through this and that the Cajun players have been through this and, and that Billy Napier himself, as well as his, assist, his assistants, have been through this. Um, as long as it, since he started winning there in year two with that program, at the end of the season or closing close to the end of the season, every single time his name gets thrown out. I can't tell you how many different places it was thrown out last year. And then, of course, obviously this year that's going to be the case as well. I don't think that in any way, shape, or form they are going to be distracted by that. Unless, I mean, you know, he's spotted in purple in Baton this week. Okay, well then fine. But that's not going to happen because players and their agents, excuse me, coaches and their agents are smarter than that. So kind of kind of much ado about nothing there in terms of uh, what could happen and, and the impact of the LSU coaching search being on the Raging Cajuns. Back to French's mustard for a moment, <laughs> because why not? Um, I, I did check their social media today because I was curious what their their tweet would be because you have a minute there where you were like the viral superstar of college football. So how do you build on that? And sports illustrated tweeting out the picture of the French's mustard bottle on the field with a caption, who brings a bottle of mustard to a college football game? French is responding with someone who clearly wants dinner and a show. I just give that kind of a B minus tweet and response. I'm not sure what they could have done better. Yeah, yeah, wasn't great. You had you had that moment. Moments like that don't come along. That just gets gifted into your lap. Like you can't buy that kind of viral marketing. So you got to be able to to run with it a little bit better. Again, I don't know what my caption would have been, but I just think they could have they could have stepped it up just a little bit more. Nine three zero three seven seven six is the number to call. We've got one more break to take. Uh, this hour, let's go ahead and dive into it. Phone lines open during the break. We'll be back in a moment here on The Ticket. We are the station that always has our howl on. Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. 95.3. The Ticket. Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. You'd expect Sunday's game between the Cowboys and Patriots to have a high TV rating. Usually that's because Dallas is really popular and New England is normally really good. Beat yesterday, Dallas was the legitimate contender. New England is much more about the franchise's reputation. Turned out to be a great game. Dallas pulling it out in overtime thanks to a Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb touchdown. Prescott looks like an MVP candidate. And the Cowboys cornerback, Trayvon Diggs, is making a run at Defensive Player of the Year. The Patriots have to feel stung in the moment, but excited about the rookie quarterback Mac Jones giving the team a chance to win. It's an odd role reversal. I'm sure CBS will take it. The NFL has to be happy that so far Dallas is delivering all the hype. The Cowboys haven't been to a Super Bowl in 25 years. I know, there's still a long way to go. But so far, Cowboy fans are thrilled with the start of the 2021 season. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 
You want to, whether you're golfing or working out, my body doesn't recover like it once did. And that's why I'm so thankful for Level Select CBD. I trust Level Select because it's formulated by actual doctors using high concentrations of CBD. I apply Level 3 sports cream to wherever I'm sore and let their proprietary blend of CBD go to work. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DP30, $30 off your entire order today. $30 off LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DP30, not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. According to the 2021 Nielsen report, over 99% of places in the United States that take credit cards take the Discover card. So get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen report limited formation old school football here here's the fullback period the tailback give it to lincoln he's in touchdown lincoln perry butch jones and the red wolves return to centennial bank stadium thursday night as they host the raging cajuns of louisiana lafayette and you can hear it all on your home for a state football 107.9 k5 coverage begins thursday at 4 30 with the mid-south four dealers tailgate show that's followed by the centennial bank pregame show at 5 30 and kickoff at 6 30 and stay tuned after the game for wolf presented by Baird Auto Group, live from the Embassy Suites Jonesboro. A-State football is sponsored in part by Hytrol, Vision Care Center, First Security Bank, Hilltop Family Dentistry, J.T. White Hardware and Lumber, Crown Limousine, Magnet Motor Company, Elite Eye Care, Hijinx, Arkansas State University, Max Prairie Wings, NEA Golf Cars, Mr. T's, and Renner Communications. Be part of the conversation on the Workday Red Zone. Phone lines open now, 930-3776. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Karen and Kate here with you for another segment in the noon hour. Of course, uh, we've still got the 1 o'clock hour to kill as well. But we've thrown a couple different questions out at you today, just, just for the sake of discussion. And one of them is, uh, what's the funniest thing that can be thrown onto a field of play? The first answer was that was the first answer on that was was an artificial limb, which, um, yes, I cannot imagine just the refer the the expression on the official spaces of trying to figure out what happens in that situation. But then, hat tip to Adam who sends us not just an answer but a video. Of a live chicken getting thrown on the ice in a hockey game in 1988. <laughs> it is, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, it happened in a game with the Kings and uh, I'm kind of watching and talking at the same time here. But 1988, there was, there was somebody legitimately threw a live chicken out of the ice. So you just got this chicken just hanging out. And I I have so many questions. I mean, pretty much why and and how and what and like all of the the main W questions. Who did it? Why would you do this? Was there something already going on in the series where somebody had been referred to as a chicken a lot? Was there what 
anyways, it's a legit live chicken. You can see in the video that it's just it's just chilling. The chicken uh, mostly just looks a little stunned, as I would imagine most of us would be if we were spending our day just chilling, and the next thing you know, we ended up in the middle of play yeah. at the hockey rink. But the players obviously had no idea what to do. They're kind of skating up close to it, like just kind of giving it a quick little nudge with, with the hockey sticks and then trying to figure out what to do. But see, that seems like something that's like fun and not in toxic energy type throwing something onto the playing surface. This chicken is not okay in the video. <laughs> so I don't know if it there's a potential that you hurt the animal, that you uh, break yeah. its foot yeah. or its wing or something, because the chicken just lands on the ice and just does not know what to do with itself. So that that seems that seems that seems pretty toxic. Throwing a live animal. Now you go back to the Nashville Predators, and this, to the best of my knowledge, this hasn't happened during the, the field of play, but they were doing that thing where you would bring in a live catfish and throw that onto the ice, which that just sounds, sneaking that in has to be significantely uncomfortable. Also, how do yeah. people not smell you? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's some of the things that I was just like kind of floored by, like the mustard bottle that wound up on the field. Like, how did you get the mustard bottle? Like, did you sneak that in? Like, why are you sneaking these things into the stadium? Here's my theory. Nobody snuck it into the stadium because there's that's just silly. There's there's no reason to do that. Somebody even mentioned, oh, well, maybe it was a flask because college kids will use anything as flask, but there are cheaper ones that are better than just pouring some whiskey into a mustard bottle yeah. and calling it. So it's, it, it wasn't a flask. It's not probably was not used to store anything else because, again, there would be significant questions about why you were bringing a mustard bottle into the stadium in the first place. My guess is it was just there somewhere on one of the, the vendor stands and somebody saw it and because people will steal anything that is not bolted down in some situations and somebody just saw it and thought, oh, I forgot to get mustard the other day at the store. I'm going to take this and put it in my pocket. So then they had a bottle of mustard in their pocket and later on when the stuff started flying, they're like, well, I could throw this $14 beer I just paid for, or I could throw this bottle of mustard that I just stole. And in that one situation, they were at least smart enough to choose the thing that was free. Yeah, I did think uh, Lane Kiffin's comment about how he got hit with a uh, water bottle of brown stuff, but he didn't think that Tennessee fans would waste moonshine on him was funny. No, that was dip spit. That was 1,000% <laughs> dip spit. Yeah. <laughs> I can <laughs> Yeah. That's what it was, and somebody well. absolutely threw that at him. I will say, uh, hat tip to to Lane Kiffin because he comes out in a winner look in this situation, looking like a winner in this situation. Is again uh, the other question we're asking you: college football's biggest winner and loser from the weekend, or just biggest winner and loser in sports from the weekend? But of course, he's walking off the field, and for the most part, the flying projectiles had stopped at that point in time because they cleared out a huge amount of people during the game but for the most part it had stopped but of course there was somebody still waiting with one more water bottle as he was getting closer to the tunnel and trying to leave the field so they throw it at him and uh, they get pretty close to him not quite close enough to hit him in the face or the head or the torso or anything but close enough that he sticks out one arm and Odell Beckham's it out of the sky one-handed catch so even in that situation he comes out looking like a winner and what was a uh, just a wild, wild weekend. More on the SEC in the second hour of the program. 9303776, the number to call. 
again, uh, still looking around and seeing if anything has came out regarding, you know, punishment and what what could happen there. But I, I do wonder what they'll do because, again, Ole Miss pelted their basketball court with trash in February of 2019. And as Cade mentioned, that was following the game, but it was still a situation where you had staff, where you had um, other members out on the court. So it was still a situation where people could have gotten hurt. But if the SEC set a precedent then where they did not really do anything towards punishment, then you've you've got a problem. Yeah, I don't know. I think this was such just a national embarrassment that you, you have to do something. Oh, I agree. But there is going to be even more of a stink because something surely should have been done when Ole Miss did this in 2019. Yeah. There's zero reason there should not have been a punishment in that case, a significant punishment in that case. Look, we're adults. You don't throw things. You don't throw things at other adults. This, all this is is a bunch of grown-ups having a temper tantrum. I mean, I, like, the next time a call doesn't go my way, I, am I supposed to walk out onto the field and hold my breath until I pass out? Yeah, I mean, like, that's... like that's. Can coaches start doing that? It would be hilarious. Yeah, that's... It would be your pick for the first coach when a play didn't go their way to just walk out to the 50-yard line and sit there until they pass out. Um, That seems like a very Dan Mullen thing to do. I, I think Dan <laughs> Mullen would definitely do that. But that's the thing is like, like no fan base when a call goes their way, like you may let curse words fly or do whatever, but you're not throwing stuff onto the field. Very rarely, we've seen it happen a few other instances. You know, most notably, you go back to uh, the, the one that always pops into my head is that wild card game uh, in Atlanta between the Cardinals and the Braves, where where Atlanta got hosed on that infield fly rule, and then immediately after that, you started to see the trash rain down onto the field. Um, after that and there have been other times as well but it just uh it, it just kind of blows my mind that we saw it it was a very very bad look in Tennessee on Saturday night coming up in the second hour of the program we'll get caught up on uh, some of the other biggest news stories particularly from college football weekend we'll continue to keep you updated uh looking at Looking at tweets and notes from the media that are in attendance today covering a Butch Jones uh, press conference. We've got some quotes that I want to share with you there coming up in hour two. We'll continue to take your thoughts on the question of the day as well. So that's what we've got coming up. We're like a minute away from the music. I didn't time my segments very well today because I need, I need like a minute more talk and then... The music hits, and then we switch to the second hour and get into a lot more national stories, and this is how it's worked out in my head, and I just didn't didn't quite time it right. We'll figure it out. One of these one of these years, working in radio, I'll get it all together. Yeah, Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> we'll see if it, uh, if it goes that way. But, uh, again, a lot still to get into in the second hour of the program. What is the uh, who are the biggest winners, biggest losers? From the sports weekend. That's our KavanaughCars.com question. So we will let you think on that while we go to break here. Do a reset here in studio. Come back and uh, hopefully close out strong today. Second hour of the program on the way next. Keep it here with us on the Workday Red Zone.
This is Will Oswald with your Monday Ticket Sports Update from KDA. Brought to you by Plans to Tire Service. The reigning national runners-up in college bowling started their season off big over the weekend as third-ranked Arkansas State defeated host Youngstown State in two Baker format matches yesterday to win the Motive Penguin Classic Championship in Struthers, Ohio. Arkansas State was 4-1 in the traditional matches on Saturday. They finished with the top pinfall and the second-best average among the 10 competing teams. Emma Stull earned all tournament honors by rolling four games of 200-plus over the weekend. In college football, Arkansas State and Louisiana Lafayette continuing preparations for their Thursday night showdown at Centennial Bank Stadium, the final midweek game of the year for the Red Bulls, 6.30 kickoff Thursday for the ESPNU National Telecast. And Arkansas defensive back Jalen Catalan is out for the season, suffering a shoulder injury in Saturday's loss at home to the Auburn Tigers. Four tires in one hour. That's guaranteed at Plaza Tire Service. And that's the latest from the ticket. Would you like to earn up to $18.75 per hour and get 13 days of paid vacation and 13 paid holidays? Denso and Osceola is offering just that in your first year. Denso is the industry leader in the design of advanced automotive systems. Denso builds the best products in the world by using only the best people. You can earn up to $18.75 per hour and get 13 days of paid vacation and 13 paid holidays in your first year by becoming a Denso team member today. Start your new career with Denso. Denso also offers a sign-on bonus and attendance and referral bonuses, plus medical, vision, and dental insurance, and a 401k with a 4% match. Apply today at DensoCareers.com and search Osceola, Arkansas. That's D-E-N-S-O Careers.com and search Osceola, Arkansas. Walk-in interviews every Wednesday from 9 to 11.30 a.m. and 3 to 5 at 100 Denso Road in Osceola. Earn up to $18.75 per hour. Get 13 days paid vacation and 13 days paid holidays, plus benefits and a sign-on bonus today with Denzo. Cooler weather is here, but that doesn't mean it's time to put up the clubs. NEA Golf Cars has all the accessories for the golfer who knows there is no off-season. Go by NEA Golf Cars and see their selection of windshields, rain covers, and countless other manufacturer original parts. And if it's time to park your cart, bring it to NEA Golf Cars for service to make sure there are no surprises next spring. And as always, you can check out their selection of new golf cars, including the Onward Series from Club Car. Call 236-GOLF or get by NEA Golf Cars, Highway 40 Gazaway Ace in Paragould and Jonesboro reminds you that whatever the project, they're the place that has everything you need. Fall is upon us, so skip the rake this season. Power up your fall cleanup with an Ego 650 power blower. Check out the full line of Ego tools and save 10% on the Ego 650 blower. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks, and helping you is the most important thing we do. That's Gazaway Ace on Hilltop and Jonesboro and West Kings Highway in Paragould. Gazaway Ace is the place you want to go. Central Ford in Truman has your vehicle and your back. Call Central Ford today to schedule your service appointment. Central Ford Service Department is even open on Saturdays. Whether you need an oil change, tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or full engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Ford in Truman. Next time your vehicle needs maintenance, remember Central Ford. Professional, convenient, reliable. Central Ford, exit 29 off I-555 in Truman and online at centralfordtruman.com. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at the ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks, we've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including the Front Row with Budrow, RWRC Radio, the Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie, the Setup, and the Drive with Brad Bobo. And the ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas Cowboys. So if you want football, we're here for you on 1041 KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 953 and 96.9.
find the ticket. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The ticket. Half time's over, and we're getting back to work. Hour two of the Workday Red Zone begins now. Here's Kara Ritchie. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Cade with you. Thanks for hanging out an hour one of the program. We're here for another hour. Still several things to touch base on. We'll update you on this week's Arkansas State football depth chart, as well as some notes and quotes from Butch Jones Media Conference here in just a moment. We've got the phone lines open. Red Wolf Mark has been waiting ever so patiently. So let's shout at him. How are you? Hello. How are you doing, Dave, Miss Kara? Good. How are you doing? I am doing great. I am doing real good. How you doing, Mr. Cade? I'm good. Doing good. Well, I want to ask everybody else out there doing out there, sweet, sweet people in John Bar, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make an announcement. We're, 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 we're going to be having a lot of kids during our fall festival. We're, we're going to have about between 75 and 100 kids. And uh, if anybody wants to donate candy to help us help Valley Ridge Church out with candy, you can drop off your candy out at out at our church, Valley Ridge Baptist. All you just got to do is give me a ring. It's eight seven zero three four zero eight six nine seven, and we 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 want the sweet people in Johnsboro help us out. Okay. Just just go by and get you a couple bags of candy, or you can get the cookies in a box, either one. And uh, we're we're gonna be we're gonna we're, we're gonna help. We're gonna, we, we want these kids to have a good time. Okay. Everything. So, if you want to donate to that, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, go everybody in Jonesville, all the sweet people, and, and uh, go go Red Wolves. because well, they got Lafayette coming up. They do got Lafayette need, coming up. We need a big win. No doubt. Big win. Okay. I hate to tell you, but your Brooklyn Bearcats got beat. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah. You didn't cry, did you? <laughs> I think you watched it. I think you yeah, watched you that cry. game. Turns out. Yeah, you didn't cry, did He's you? He's on the phone, and no, he didn't cry. He didn't cry. Oh, poor little Cade. I feel sorry for him. Why? I just do. I feel sorry for him. I just, I, I just feel sorry for him. His, his Bearcats got my beat by Valley View Blazers. If you feel that bad for him, you should probably bring him some donuts. Oh, I need to bring. I need to bring you some. I need some pieces. Uh, pizza. You're gonna. You're gonna bring him some pizza. Yeah, I should. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when can he expect that? Get, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna put my number for that one more time. If anybody wants to donate to that and help help us out, is this for the pizza? It's, it's for the uh, candy. Oh, so you're not you're not going to bring any pizza? Yeah, no, it's for the candy. I really thought we disagreed on pizza. I guess. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, 
All right, I'm going to throw my number out, and I'm going to say already, then. It's 870-340-8697. Get, give me a ring. Help us out. Sleep people in junk world. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to be honest. That uh, that Valley View-Brooklyn game feels like it happened like two lifetimes ago. It probably it, does it, after the weekend that you had. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of sleep. Uh, it feels like it happened a lot two lifetimes ago. Nine three zero three seven seven six. the number to call. Zach's on the phone. How are you? What's up, Kara? What's up, man? Not much. Uh, what I walk into here, what I what I hear in the middle of uh, a, can- a candy grub. I think so. I got you. And he said thing about costumes this year for Halloween, and you know, instead of the Nutty Professor, he goes the Nutty Freeloader. He's real real big and heavy at one point, and now he's like real thin and lean. I, I've not heard any uh, Halloween costume discussion yet, except for except for there probably are some people out there that are going to dress as a French's mustard bottle this year. Really? Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Or a giant golf ball. Either way. Either way. Yeah, no doubt. Anyways, yeah, while well, leaking there, uh, can't you say you barely made it out alive, unscathed? I wouldn't say I barely made it out alive, but yeah, it was. it got a little bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like using a prison riot or something? Um, no, <laughs> honestly, I thought it was about to turn into Malice of the Palace, part two. There you go. Well, same thing. I don't know how many prison riots Cade would have to compare that to, to be yeah. honest with you. Well, you know, you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, boy, Lane, Lane, Lane Kippen knows how to draw some heat, don't he? Man, but those uh, Tennessee fans, uh, did they have either slash plays through the golf ball? No, no. no. Probably, I mean, there was so much stuff flying. I mean, it 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 was coming literally from everywhere in the stadium. Everywhere that wasn't an Ole Miss section, it was coming from. So nobody, none, none of the none of the Tennessee fan base volunteered to uh, say who the party was responsible for throwing that. I see what you did there, but no. Well, and I thought LSU fans were bad. You know, uh, I got a, had a coworker that went to Death Valley on a at a, on a night game. And he was walking out afterwards, and the six year old gave him six year old LSU fan gave him the bird as he was walking out. Train them young. Yeah, I mean, but that's okay. like that's like one of those deals where it's like, you know, they may cuss you, they may give you the bird, but like you don't feel threatened or scared or anything like that. It's like whatever, just keep walking, move on. Tennessee was a whole different animal. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised. I mean. Of course, Miss Lisa got the beer bath at the, the Hunter Heave game, you know, a couple of years ago. She got that, they gave her a beer bath uh, there in Ole Miss. And uh, I think Mr. Jesse had a, a slight dust up with some Ole Miss fans. They look like Uncle Sam in his uh, striped overalls. He took uh, consideration to that. But uh, who's who's the worst fans y'all have encountered in college football over the years? Y'all got like a, a Mount Rushmore horrible fans at some of these away games y'all been to? Any, any short stories? I mean, I don't, I don't travel that much, so Kate's gonna Kate's gonna have a much better source of of stories than I will. I deal with opposing fan bases mostly on social media more than yeah. anything else. I mean, like LSU was like they were they were rude, but it was never a deal where it was like you know I felt scared or threatened or anything like that. It's like they were just rude, and like mm-hmm. you 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 take it with a grain of salt. You move on. You don't you don't uh, you know you don't try and start anything with them, and like it's fine. Uh, right. Tennessee fans were. They they were far worse, far worse. Yeah, that's something else, man. Wow. Anyways, I'm not a big Lane Kiffin fan, but you don't you don't throw stuff at up. You know, whoever get whoever get caught whoever gets caught doing that, I'm sure they're gonna have to pay a hefty 
hefty price. If they, you know, yeah, they were already arrested. I think 18 was the number they arrested. Yeah. So they banned from the uh, stadium for a certain amount of time. Or they, they, oh, they got to have a lifetime ban yeah. if they're arrested. they yeah. got to have if, a lifetime if you're, ban. If you are throwing stuff out on the field, yeah. you can't come back there now. That's what I thought. As far as how you enforce it. that, I have no idea. It's honestly probably just more in... in Facial recognition scanners or something. Yeah, I mean, ID. I mean, they're not dealing with that anyway, so it's really... Like, you can't enforce that, but you at least try it. You tell them that they are no longer welcome at Neyland Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Anyways. All right, guys. That's all I was uh, wondering about. Uh, Referred to Mark's listing. I'll bring some candy corn and drop it off at uh, Valerie's Baptist Church. Is that it? Is that the hot spot? Sounds like it. All right. Good deal. See you guys. See ya. 9303776 is the number to call. We'll touch base with D Money uh, here in just a second. But quickly, do want to tell you uh, that the depth chart is out for Arkansas State's Thursday night matchup with Louisiana. Of course, all eyes on the quarterback and, and what's going on there. James Blackman, uh, according to Butch Jones and, and reading through some tweets here from Chris Hutchinson and, and Mitchell Gladstone, uh, Blackman is recovering a little bit ahead of schedule, about three or four days ahead of schedule, but he's still going to be out for a couple of weeks. So your quarterback depth chart for this week, you got Lane Hatcher as QB1 and Wyatt Beagle as QB2. So we'll look more on that depth chart, other notes from that press conference in just a moment. D Money's with us on the phone. How are you? Um, in total, absolute agreement with everybody who's called and says Tennessee is trash. They are. Um, had an experience there, and this was life-threatening type of stuff. Uh, me and a group of about eight guys went to a game, and an older gentleman who was there with his son and grandson had a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. And they were trying, the people from Tennessee were screaming, let him die, let him die, he's an Alabama fan. So me and my friends went and basically moved people out of the way so the paramedics could come up. And I, I am not embellishing one iota of that, of that story. That actually happened. Yeah, that's horrific. Yeah. And also from what I was told when we were walking up to the stadium is <clears throat> don't if you're going to walk to get into the thing, into the stadium, uh, do it quickly because they people like to urinate off the side onto visiting fans. Oh, I so, did, not, did not experience that part. Wow. <laughs> That's Tennessee class for you. Yeah. But I, I, I will say, though, and they were – I never had any issues with Tennessee fans until after the game was over with, and there were some very nice uh, Tennessee fraternity guys that had some very just uplifting nice words after the game. <laughs> uplifting. But, Drive uh, home safely. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, coming. Yeah, exactly. Have a glorious yeah, it evening. Yeah, was, it was great. But they did they did wear like – they they wore like a token of honor that they they're rude to Bama and Tennessee or Bama and Florida fans. Oh yeah, they are. They they, they are absolute positive trash. That's why they wear orange because they pick up you know garbage all through the week. You know Saturday they go hunting and you know then they go to the games. That's it. That's why they wear bright bright orange because they're garbage. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know if I have to hide my feelings for you. I'm trying not to I, tell I, you. I think you've made it a, a little clear, D-Money, on, on your thoughts on that fan base and your experience in Knoxville. <laughs> I mean, I've been to almost every SEC stadium, with the exception of Texas A&M on game day, and had great experiences at all of them. Ole Miss was a lot of fun. 
I grew up in Louisiana, so I went to LSU several times. And I thought, you know, I always had a good time. There's always going to be some idiots, but for the most part, I always had a great time with other fan bases. Went to University of Oklahoma a, a number of years back, and uh, yeah, they uh, they were awesome. We had a great time there. So yeah, but Tennessee is definitely by far the most vile. And as far as the craziest thing you've seen thrown on is again going back to hockey and octopus. I still think that is totally bizarre. <laughs> Listen, hockey's going to take the cake with any question of, like, weirdest thing that ends up on the ice. I mean, that's that's it. Yeah, I mean, when you're starting to throw octopi onto the uh, playing surface, it it has something to do with a guy gets a hat trick or something. I know it's some bizarre thing. So, I mean, what do they do? If a guy gets two goals, do they send somebody out to the octopus? Do they I mean... You you cut out. Do they send somebody out to do what? Is it? I mean, if, if a guy's got two goals in a game, do they send somebody out to the octopus store just oh. on the chance that he scores a third one? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that, that's just kind of bizarre. And my thing is this. Like, you were talking about people throwing beer. Why in the hell would you throw a beer that's $14? That's bad, that's bad economics. Yes, it is. Yes, I mean, it is. Did they, did they sell beer at Tennessee this year? No, they sold beer, and it was it was uh, anywhere from thirteen to fourteen dollars. And I was like, uh, "No, yeah. thank you. I'll I'll stick to my uh, water." That yeah, was like $6. I, absolutely. At thirteen, fourteen <laughs> a crack. Good lord, jeez, uh, Pete. But hey, I'm happy to see my tie get back on track. I mean, they absolutely monkey stomped Mississippi State. Uh, kind of surprised to see Cincinnati in the two slot. I, I guess they're, they're going to give them their due if they run the table. So yeah. it'll be very interesting. That'll be, a, I think, an easy layup for Georgia if indeed it's either Georgia or somebody else. I, I just don't see Cincinnati having the ability to play with the, the, the big boys, the real big boys. I don't and see... I certainly do not include Notre Dame in that. Look, there's not anybody hanging with Georgia this year. So what we're going to, and, and what I already, I'm already mad here, D-Money, because what's going to happen is we're going to see a Georgia-Cincinnati matchup in, in the semifinals. And Georgia's going to win convincingly. And people are going to get all up on their, their soapboxes and talk about how they didn't belong there. Before that happens, before we even get to the first college football playoff ranking of the season. I need everybody to go back and look over the past five years at the semifinal scores because they have all been butt kickings. It has been a minute since we have seen not a all, compelling... Not all of them. It has been a minute, D-Money, since we have seen a compelling semifinal. They're well, not good two, games. Was it two, three years ago with the Clemson... The Clemson-Ohio State game was close. And yeah, and that, but like you said, though, un, other than that, they, like you said, it's all been pretty much skull dragon the semifinals are not good games they have no. not been good games but don't be surprised you got to talking about officiating in the sec oh gosh don't be surprised to see alabama beat georgia in the sec championship game and you get alabama and georgia uh cha-ching the register will be ringing some high dollars if they get both get in there oh there's no doubt no, don't 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 uh, don't don't go away from that theory. Like, there could be a mysterious. And I'm an Alabama guy. I mean, there could be a mysterious flag dropped. And it just <laughs> oh, we need to get this done. So yeah, but no, I, I think Georgia 
Georgia talent wise right now is I think very I think Alabama's a little bit behind them, but I think Nick gets in Kirby's head. So, but we'll see. We shall. D Money, appreciate the phone call today. Y'all have a great day, and hell, everybody, go outside and enjoy the beautiful weather we have. I mean, play with your dog, do something fun. No doubt. We'll see you. Bye. Nine three zero three seven seven six. The number to call. I've I've ended up on a you know tangent of these college football playoff semifinal games, which have nothing to do with anything that we were planning on talking about today. But again, to go back on that note in regards to semifinal games, we've we've done the college football playoff the way it's set up now. Had had four teams into the playoffs uh, for seven years, right? So that means there's been fourteen semifinal games going back to the two thousand fourteen fifteen season. Do you know how many of those 14 have, have, have been within, decided within a touchdown or less? Three. We've had three games out of yeah. those 14 that you could conceivably say were close. Yeah, and I think two of those came on the same year because was it 2017 or 2016 where both games went to overtime in the playoff? No, they've been, they've been really spread out, actually. Um, you had... The, the most recent one was um, the season before last, Clemson and Ohio State. That was a 29-23 final. That was a good game. You had a like instant classic in the Rose Bowl between Georgia and Oklahoma two years before that, and that was a 54-28 double overtime game. That was phenomenal. But then prior to that, you got to go back to the first year of the semifinals between Ohio State and Alabama when the Buckeyes won by a touchdown. So in 14 games, you've had three that were close. So when people, so when you, if you just don't feel like the group of five belongs there and you're ready to start that narrative because you think Georgia and Cincinnati are going to be matched up and you think Georgia's going to run all over them, well, you might be right, and it's nothing different than we've seen (laughs) in the 1-4 matchups in any other previous year. So, anyways, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. We need to take a break. Keep it here with us on the ticket. We're not as socially awkward as you think. Search for 95.3 The Ticket on Facebook. And follow us at 95.3 The Ticket on Twitter. Lane, with time, steps up, throws over the middle, caught first down. Hunt, inside coastal territory, breaks a tackle across the 30. 20, Tavalence Hunt is going to take it to the house. 63 yards, Hatcher to Hunt. Butch Jones and the Red Wolves return to Centennial Bank Stadium Thursday night as they host the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. And you can hear it all on your home for A-State football, 107.9 K-5. Coverage begins Thursday at 4.30 with the Mid-South Four Dealers Tailgate Show. That's followed by the Centennial Bank pregame show at 5.30 and kickoff at 6.30. And stay tuned after the game for Wolf House, presented by Baird Auto Group. Live from the Embassy Suites, Jonesboro. A-State football is sponsored in part by Bill's Cost Plus, Jim's Pawn Shop, Angie Gallagher of United Country Scenic Rivers Realty, George Kell Motors, More Air Conditioning, Calmer Solutions, Gazaway Ace, Max Prairie Wings, J-Towns Grill, Collision Repair, and Stanley Woodard Law Firm. See Placid Tire Service today for the right tire at the right price right now. Placid Tire Service is the area's biggest selection of in-stock tires at the lowest price with outstanding service, including our four tires, one-hour guarantee. Plus, we make the purchase easy on the budget with our Placid Tire Service card or no credit needed financing options. In Jonesboro and South Caraway, and at our newest location on East Johnson Avenue, Placid Tire Service has the right tire at the right price right now. Come see us today at Placid Tire Service. You may not be thinking about putting up Christmas lights right now, but you need to. 
Why? Because don't you remember your husband falling off the ladder, shocking himself, getting all of the lights up and half of them didn't work? The stress, the worry, get ahead of the decorating by calling Mojo Lawn Care and go ahead and have them put you down for their Christmas light service. Get on Mojo Lawn Care's schedule for closer to the holidays so they're not totally booked up when you get ready to decorate. Mojo Lawn Care hangs lights, wraps trees and shrubs, hangs large wreaths. They even get on the peaks of your roof line and then they can store your lights and decorations till next year. Mojo Lawn Care will decorate your house so great for Christmas that the Griswolds would be jealous. But don't get left out. I know Christmas is a long ways away. Or is it? Call Mojo Lawn Care today. Make sure you're on the nice list by getting on their schedule when you're ready. 219-3446. That's 219-3446. And visit ChristmasLightsOfJonesboro.com. What is ham radio? It's the most fun you can have with a radio. It's a way to talk to people around the world or even orbiting the world. To send email without internet connection, to experiment with electronics or computerized digital communications, to see how many countries you can contact in just one weekend, or just open the door to new friendships to the more than 2,000 amateur radio clubs throughout the country. Want to join us? Go to www.emergencyradio.org. We're the ARRL. We'll show you how. www.emergencyradio.org. On paper? It's the best sports show around. Back to the Workday Red Zone. Welcome back to the Workday Red Zone. Kara and Kate still hanging out. 9303776. Who's your biggest winner, your biggest loser from the college football weekend? You can play along. Answer with both or with either one of the above. Scott on Twitter says the Braves are the biggest winner. And I'd be feeling pretty good right now if I was a Braves fan. You're up 2-0. Uh, you haven't necessarily played great, but you've played good enough to win, obviously, because you have gotten two wins. You've been able to get both of them in dramatic fashion. And of course, uh, you got the whole Jocktober thing going on. So you got an excuse to bust out your favorite set of pearls and, and feel all fancy and stuff. So why not? Good for the Braves. Let's go to the phones. Clark is with us. How are you? Hey, good. How's everybody at the Red Zone today? Hey, I think we're doing all right. You doing all right? Well, I just got back into radio time and our radio range at Jonesboro. So I want to know what the topic is today. What do y'all want to know? <laughs> well, we've... Uh, I got the answers. All right. Who's your biggest winner <laughs> and your biggest loser from the sports weekend? Oh, I say... I had to go to Atlanta in baseball as far as the winner. Uh, biggest looters are is our Arkansas Razorbacks. I, they're playing like the Arkansas Red Wolves right now. Um, I, don't, I don't mean that's terrible. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't want you to put down the ASU, but they they just, I guess we're all disappointed because they got hyped up and, you know, had us ranked at eight, and I knew we shouldn't have been there anyway, but. Uh, what do y'all think? I, I, you think we were overranked to begin with? Well, I mean, they played well in those first four games of the season. Yeah. So, yes, they tough, did. Tough schedule. You lose a couple defensive bodies. You have a one game that uh, really you just come up short on the two point conversion, and things would look different. That was. I, I so, love that game. I, I I applaud him for trying to do that because Mississippi State was running up and down the field. I don't think. Overtime would have been very good for us in that game. So I think he, I think he made the right decision. 
uh, who do y'all who, who do you think in the World Series this year? Are you think it's going to be Boston, Atlanta? Uh, I mean, it's certainly trending that way. Although I will say, there's not a lot of teams that have you know been able to come back from two zero deficits. But the Dodgers over the Braves were one last year, so they're not done. They're, <laughs> they're not going to bow out. Yeah, they're they they really have got all the talent. <laughs> And I think that some of them boys from the Dodgers ought to buy them a string of pearls or something. You know, something needs to go on. But I think, I think John Ferris's pearls are kind of the highlight of the series. You brought it up. What did you call it, Jocktober? Yeah, that's what uh, that's what the Atlanta <laughs> faithful are calling it at this point in time. They're having a good time with that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Did you catch the Razorback game against Auburn? I was uh, not very much. Well, I saw a little bit of the the second half. Actually, I tell you what, well, you I know, think I was I was bad luck in that one because about the time I turned it on is is about the time it started going the Tigers' way. <laughs> well, there's you can't dump the ball off in the end zone and let them jump on the ball for six points. And, and now I have to say that there were two very you you can't blame a loss on officiating, although last year they did. But this year there were two bad calls. One of them was pass interference, but the ball was nowhere near catchable. And there was a holding call downfield that was not holding. And uh, they even called it out on television. They, I mean, it was blatant. But it's as a referee, it's hard to see on the field like we've got a view from the cameras. They're, they're having to call it on the field. You know, that's different. But anyway, if, if Arkansas had plenty of chances to win that game. And they just didn't didn't get down there and get in the end zone, so that was on us. But I I still think we're going to come out of it a pretty good season. I'm I'm a big Hog fan. I, I can't uh, I ain't got to doubt. I'm going to keep rooting for them. Even though on Bud's show, I, the last two weeks I made every pick right except for Arkansas because I picked Arkansas both of them against Auburn and Ole Miss. <laughs> oh man. All right, well, I appreciate you letting me call in and be aggravated about the loss. Well, Clark, we appreciate uh, the phone call. Go Atlanta. Thanks, Clark. Have a good one. Bye. You too. 9303776. Let's catch up on some baseball here for just a moment. As, uh, again, Scott goes with the Braves for his question. Clark wanted to talk a little baseball. Mike Schilt. I actually addressed the media today. Former Cardinals manager, which still sounds a little bit weird to say. Uh, but that happened earlier today. And really, nothing significant came out in Schilt's message here. And, and what he was saying for several reasons. One, at the end of the day, Schilt is trying to find another job. So he is not going to come out in any type of situation in any way, shape, or form. And say negative things about his employer when there are future prospective employers that are right now, you know, looking through his background, trying to find reasons not to hire him. Yeah. Because for everybody else in the baseball world, this is still viewed as a very odd breakup. So right now, for example, he's, he's going to be on the short list for the Padres, right? Uh, for their managerial opening. So the Padres are, are going out and just thinking, all right, like, wh- why? Why? Why did this happen? So... If Schilt wants to continue to work in baseball, and by all accounts he does, uh, he can't go out and be like, look, I think, you know, 
he can't go out and be like bleep John Mazaloc. You know, I had a good plan for this organization. He bleeped it up, and it, which I mean, that would have been great for us to talk about today. But it's just not going to happen uh, for a long time. And Schilt declined to take any questions following his um, his statement. And it was a very measured and emotional Zoom press conference, according to the invited media. One quote from Schilt per. Derek Gould of stltoday.com, quote, I was told not to talk out of school. And while clearly there were differences that led to this parting of ways out of respect for the organization and the people who run it, I can only express my gratitude. And all those philosophies that were shared the many years most of us were together allowed us to part ways as professional friends. What differences there were will be left unsaid publicly by me. Let's move forward and let's take care of maintaining the integrity of the future of the organization, end quote. Again, he was there since uh, 2003. He was hired by Mazaluk. Um, By all accounts, he was blindsided by the news that he was getting fired. So I would imagine, you know, to a lot of, a lot of us are lucky enough that what we do isn't just a job. It becomes a family. It becomes a community. Yeah. It becomes, a, we're lucky that we get to do something that we love. So, so it's more than just showing up and clocking in and clocking out. And, think that was certainly the case with with Mike Schilt. He was he was an organization man. And uh I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm always gonna be a little bit miffed that John Mazalock fired him over the phone. I, I think that is Bush League for somebody that has worked with you for that long. Now maybe Schilt was out of town or, or maybe there was something else going on. I don't know. But I, I just still continue to to not really be able to to wrap my head around that. But uh but uh most of what Schilt did today in his statement was just to think the many people that he was around during his career with the organization from former coaches and mentors that he learned from to former manager Mike Matheny to the Cardinals Hall of Famers that were always there in the spring and doing instruction Whitey Herzog Bob Gibson Lou Brock and then uh, had a lot of praise and a lot of thanks for bench coach Oliver Marmol and Marmol is looking more and more like the front runner for this job for the Cardinals. And in fact, I've, if if I could, if there is a way to, to, to bet on it. I would take Oliver Marmol announced as the Cardinals' new manager next Monday. And the reason for that next Monday is your first day without a major league, your next day without a major league baseball playoff game. Um, I would not be, I, I just don't think it's going to be anybody else. I think they're going to want to stay in the organization and if you go through and you read uh, some former articles on Marmol, uh, some including by you know Derek Gould, who we just referenced, just a lot of the things that he does in his day-to-day make him sound like he is ready to take that next step as far as preparation and getting a team ready. But then he also has quotes where he talks about, um, here's, here's a quote from a former Derek Gould piece, quote, this game is moving really quickly. Marmol said, one way to think about it is you can rely on your talent or you can develop it. And I think there is an edge there because many people just rely on what they know and just continue to teach that. Then there are people who want to keep pushing, pushing the boundaries of what is out there. I lean more towards that, end quote. Also talks about his day-to-day. Uh, gets ready with uh, for the staff meeting. He coordinates between the other coaches and departments. He aids uh, aided Mike Shilton game planning, funneling in data from analytics and information and feel from the clubhouse. My money's on Ollie Marmol. 
And again, if I had to pick a day, it would be next Monday because I don't think you want this job to just stay out there long enough to give people time to to chatter that it could be it could potentially be a situation where there's you know not interest or there's I, I don't know I don't even know what rumors could come out but you want to feel it quickly is it would he be the youngest manager in movie history How? he's what 35 <sighs> well not that's not a player right. manager that's an actual just manager only he's 30 yeah he is 35 I thought he was 37 I don't know that's not a question I've ever really thought of I tell you what we're a little overdue for a break Let's look it up. We can find out the answer to that during the break. Come back, follow that up, uh, follow up on that. I uh, continue to recap news from the weekend as well. So keep it here with us on the Workday Red Zone. Northeast Arkansas's sports station is 95.3 The Ticket. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at The Ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks, we've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including The Front Row with Budrow, RWRC Radio, The Workday Red Zone with Carol Ritchie, The Setup, and The Drive with Brad Bobo. And The Ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas Cowboys. So if you want football, we're here for you on 104.1 KBR. All right, KNEA AM 970, 95.3 and 96.9, the ticket. Reliable. You can count on it all at Central Buick GMC. Call today to schedule your service appointment. Central Buick GMC service department is open Monday through Saturday. Whether you need an oil change, tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Buick GMC. Next time your vehicle needs maintenance, remember GMC. Professional, convenient, reliable. Schedule your service needs today on Parker Road in Jonesboro and online at centralbuickgmc.com. Get a $0 premium and a $0 primary provider copay with Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shields MediPak Advantage HMO plan. You can switch plans now. The Medicare annual enrollment period ends December 7th. Call Woody Harrelson at 870-897-5000 to learn more. Woody Harrelson is a listing agency for Arkansas Blue Cross. Plans available only to residents of Arkansas. Not available in all counties. MediPak Advantage HMO has a different network of doctors and hospitals than your current plan. Before enrolling, please check to be sure your doctors are in the network. MediPak Advantage HMO is insured by Health Advantage and is an HMO plan with a Medicare contract and enrollment depends on contract renewal. You've got a lot riding on how well your car gets repaired. When you choose Stadium Auto Body after an accident, you know you've chosen the best body shop in Northeast Arkansas. Stadium Auto Body is iCar Gold Class certified, meaning our auto body professionals have current, up-to-date training that contributes to complete, safe, and quality repairs. Accidents happen. We're what happens next. Stadium Auto Body in Jonesboro and StadiumAutoBody.com. Stadium Auto Body, take care of you. Jim's Pawn Shop in Jonesboro wants to help you with your stress about paying bills by giving you top dollar for all of your gold and silver jewelry or coins. Deal with local people who will be there for you this week and the next. Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland has been in business for over 25 years and is known for the best loan terms in the area. Jim's will give you money on almost anything of value. You'll find a large selection of items at price to help your budget. Diamonds, musical instruments, video games, hunting gear, electronics, inventory changes daily. Visit Jim's Pawn Shop at 3711 East Highland in Jonesboro. Voted best to the best six years in a row. 
Do you want to put your products in front of thousands of people all in one weekend? Then reserve your commercial exhibit or sporting collectibles booth space today to make sure you're part of the Wings Over the Prairie Festival at Stuttgart Thanksgiving weekend. The Wings Over the Prairie Festival is an Arkansas tradition featuring the latest in hunting products and innovations. Get in on the action. Call the Stuttgart Chamber of Commerce today, 870-673-1602, or go to StuttgartArkansas.org and make sure you get your products in front of thousands of people all in one weekend. Again, call 870-673-1602 or go to StuttgartArkansas.org. Giving you 110% and taking it one show at a time. Here's Kara Ritchie. All right, a few different things kind of follow up on that we talked about previously throughout the show. One, it was asked before the break if Oliver Marmol would be the youngest manager in baseball history. He is just 35 years young. He, if he is hired by the Cardinals, he would be, I believe, the youngest active manager right now. He'd be the youngest guy that's that's currently out there. But uh, historically, not quite, of course, Baseball history goes back forever and ever and ever, and you can find guys like Lou Boudreau, who was managing a team when he was 24 years old. Of course, one very, very notable name who became a manager when he was 31 was Branch Rickey, who is probably the most, not probably, he's the most non, he's the most impactful non-player to ever be involved in, in baseball in any way, shape, or form. So Branch Rickey started managing when he was 31, but in actual, you know, recent history, not having to go back 100 years to look at this, you've got guys like Eric Wedge, who was 35 when he started managing the Indians. And then you've also got A.J. Hinch, who was 35 when he started managing managing the Diamondbacks. So uh, Marmol would be in the, in the running, but not uh, the youngest ever. Now, that's uh, something we just talked about in the previous segment. One of the other biggest stories of the day, of course, is is continuing to follow up on what happened in Knoxville on Saturday as fans there did not enjoy a call or a spot or what have you in that game against Ole Miss and decided to start throwing objects on the field. So what happened? Tennessee has been fined $250,000. The school must also work to identify people who threw the stuff on the field. Um, The SEC is not suspending alcohol sale privileges at this time at the University of Tennessee, but they reserve the right to do so if a long list of requirements are not met. So uh, first of all, you got the fine. That's one of the requirements they have to hit. Of course, $250,000 for any SEC program is absolutely nothing, but uh, they're going to be required to use all available resources, including security, stadium, and television videos to identify individuals who threw objects onto the playing field. I'm curious if that also means uh, potentially staff phones. Because one of the things I saw, one of the things I noticed, is that there were numerous people on the sideline who stepped back far enough that they wouldn't get hit in theory with a projectile, but just were standing there filming the stands. There are going to be several of those videos out there. Um, All individuals identified as having been involved shall be prohibited from attending any athletic event for the remainder of the athletic and the calendar year. I still think they should get hit with a lifetime ban from Neyland, but there's yeah, no... Yeah, I, I do too. I don't like that. These are... The, now, this is though what the SEC is, is handing down. I am curious if Tennessee will... Tennessee, if they want to, can sure as heck 
add additional penalties or yeah. or issues or, or what hoops, hurdles, whatever for fans to have to deal with if, if they get caught doing this. Um, they also have to review game management procedures, alcohol availability, and of course, after they go through this, they have to provide a report to the conference office to show they follow through with everything and, and to show what they will do to prevent future incidents of this nature. Whew. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. And I'm not one of these, like, play every football – don't play football games at night because it's too dangerous or whatever. But that thing kicked off at, like, 7.40 their time. Yeah. It lasted five hours. Of course alcohol is going to come into play in this scenario. Does Tennessee allow reentry? Uh, no. Okay. Because I'm I'm a firm believer that if you if you have a stadium where you allow alcohol sales, you cannot allow reentry. No, they don't. Okay, which is which is good, but also you know when it's it, a lot of people in that stadium had not just come to Knoxville oh, and gone in the game. No. There had been a lot of tailgating and stuff before. If you're talking about a 7:40 kickoff, there are legit people at that stadium who had been drinking for 12 hours. Exactly. And that's that's a very dangerous very it creates a very dangerous environment when you not only have that, but then you also have just animosity and hatred yeah. toward the team and the coach you're playing. And there's there's kind of two there's two separate issues here and and we'll sit aside the the animosity. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and the Tennessee faithful because how you try and deal and this is a question for for any stadium how you try and deal with late kickoffs with long games man college football games are too long period how you try and deal with late kickoffs long games questionable officiating and and people who are going to overserve themselves no matter how many safe serve classes your staff goes through how does college football deal with that as a whole you can say yeah. to just ban alcohol, but look, nobody's going to do that. The toothpaste is out of the tube. That's that's not happening. So what do you do to ensure that, that you know, 98% of your fan base stays safe and stays away from the other 2% that are determined to turn it into a, a you-know-what show out there in the stands yeah. and on the field? I mean, I, I just, I think something has to be done about how long games take. Because at some point it gets to a point where it's like, all right, this is no longer a safe environment when it's in an atmosphere like that. Because, I mean, that game took five hours. Yeah. And even if it wasn't for the 20-minute delay, it was still going to be a four-and-a-half-hour, four four-hour and 40-minute game. And that's just – I mean, it's that's absurd. just entirely too long. I mean, I don't know if it's – you know, maybe you adopt the NFL rule where you don't stop the clock after the first down. Maybe that helps a little bit. You know – this will never happen because there's too much money involved. Maybe you don't have as many TV breaks throughout the game and they're all three minutes long. I mean, there's a lot of ways to solve it, but I don't know if you ever get to a point where you truly can. It, and that's, the, again, some of it would take teams being willing to decrease revenue or find other ways, to other ways, other places to put the spots. But... Well, I mean, the NFL kind of has it down because even in the NFL you see where, you know, if they're taking a timeout, maybe it's only a 30-second-minute timeout on the field. I mean, sometimes you'll just see the split screen where there's yeah. a commercial on there yeah. and you still have a camera on the field. So, I mean, I just – I think that's a bigger problem than people want to admit in terms of just how long college football games last is, A, how long TV breaks last, and B, how many of, their, how many of them there are in a game. And we've seen, like, is <laughs> – said there are more four-hour Sunbelt games. Than I 
would like to think about. Because yeah. we see that being a significant issue a lot in the midweek games. The nationally televised game, I, I honestly don't want to think about how long this A-State and, and Louisiana game is going to last on Thursday. Because, heck, I go back to, uh, I got home at like midnight. The, the Thursday when, when A-State hosts Coastal Carolina. So it's always, I, I don't know how you fix these games. David's uh, with us on the phone. We bring him into the conversation. How are you hey. today? Hey, Garrett, you say that they did find Tennessee for that? Yes, 250 grand, and then there's also a, a couple other things that they'll have to go through in terms of procedure to, to make sure that there are not any kind of additional punishments. I think that's not a... David, you cut out on us there, so... They play to an empty stadium. You think they should have to play to an empty stadium? Is that what, what you said? Yeah, I think it would keep it from happening again. I mean, you... If you're going to punish someone for stuff like that, it's got to be severe. It can't. $250,000 is nothing to Tennessee. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you there. But they're and never, the they're never games, going they're to do to that. These, on the length of games, they're going to have to take these fake injuries and they're going to have to penalize the team somehow, charge them a timeout, uh, you know, something. Uh, penalize them five yards for delay of game, but they've got to get control of it because it's it's almost laughable right now watching it on TV. You know that was something they were supposed to be addressing a little bit more this year. If you go back to the preseason and they they talked about you know rule adjustments there where a school or conference can can request post game video review about questionable act, actions or faking injuries. But I don't know how much that's being done behind the scenes because yeah. it certainly has made zero difference in terms of on-field play, what we're seeing this year as fans. Well, I'm also getting tired of if you're going to lose a game, it's going to be because of the refs, or we lost a game, it was because of the refs. Uh, it's almost like no one can lose a game anymore and just be because you weren't good enough to win it. There has been more conversations on officiating this year than than it seems like in in any year past and I feel like that is with every sport across the board it is just a never-ending conversation well it's just it's the mentality right now especially in this part of the country that uh, if you don't win you don't get what you want you were cheated and it's it's not just happening in sports it's happening across the board and it's just it's getting ridiculous i don't i don't think you see this happening up in the north or out on the pacific coast or but pac 12 it's basically in the south the southeastern conference i do feel like i saw every single fan base on saturday from from multiple leagues yeah. say that the uh, the league officiating was out to get them and that again, that was across that like every single fan base. I think I saw a comment, at least one tweet like that. Well, uh, you, you almost wish they would do away with the replay now. Uh, used to when 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 the officials made a call on the field, whether you thought it was wrong or right, the game went on, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a chance for everybody to watch it on replay over and over again and them stand there on the microphone trying to decide whether they're going to reinforce the call or not. And then everybody thinks they've got their opinion because they saw the replay ten times. Yeah, used to. They made calls on the field. If you thought it was pass interference, they didn't call it. You just booed for a few minutes and the game went on. And now it's just turning into everybody's talking for days and days that somehow the, the referees are being paid by a certain school to make certain calls. It's just It's gotten ridiculous. It is. A, I, I don't enjoy that 
you know, I, I wish, I'm almost with you, David, if, if it's going to be a controversy all the time, if, if we're going to see replay and sometimes still not get it right, just, man, let's just scrap it and move on. Now, that'll never happen, but sometimes it does get really frustrating well, to see stuff like that. See, we're seeing college football being ruined right now by the money, by this stupid playoff system that we're in, this talk of this super league. Uh, we're, we're fixing to lose college football. And I'm, I'm starting to lose interest in it myself. I'm, I'm ready for basketball because I know if I go to a basketball game, the team that I'm watching has a chance to be in a tournament and to win it all. And uh, this this football stuff is just the, the rich get richer and everybody else needs to be on the outside looking in. I'm just tired of it. I don't really have an argument with that for that, and I, d- I don't see the point in arguing in that. You know, we saw we went over what Friday. I think it was the USA Today uh, head coach salary database dropped, and and you look at things like the fact that Jim Jimbo Fisher has a one hundred million dollar buyout, and some of the numbers surrounding college athletics right now are just are just really really absurd. It's it's ridiculous. I don't, I almost think that it's a pure game on the lower level now because of the money that's not influencing it. And, you know, it's just like this coach at LSU. If some of the things that I read this weekend have been going on, he should have been fired immediately. Why'd they wait? I did, to, to go through the lawyers <laughs> and, and if, go through, uh, prob- I don't know, probably to make sure everything was, figure out the P's and Q's in his contract and, and the situation there. Well, I just, you know, I know... 15, 20 years ago, we weren't all sitting around talking about this stuff, and college football was was the pure game that you could watch. It wasn't like watching the NFL. And I think we're running the game, and uh, it's fixing to get away from us, and they're going to lose fan base over it. We'll see. David, we've got to take our last break. I, we always appreciate the I, chats. Thanks for calling. We've got to go to break here. We'll come back. I have a very abbreviated last segment. Wrap it up on today's Workday Red Zone. The Ritter Communications Hotline is open now on Northeast Arkansas Sports Station. Call 930-3776. Call Central Chevrolet today and schedule your service appointment. Don't keep putting it off. Central Chevrolet's service department is even open on Saturdays. Whether you need an oil change, a tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Chevrolet. Next time your vehicle needs maintenance, remember Central Chevrolet. Professional, convenient, reliable. Schedule your service today on Stadium in Jonesboro or online at centralchevrolet.com. Yard Envy. It's a real thing. The guy at three houses down has an amazing yard. Why can't my lawn look lush and healthy? Well, he uses J&K Lawn and Tree Service. Whether the job is large or small, commercial or residential, J&K Lawn and Tree Service offers incredible lawn care. Call 870-897-1329 today. Overgrown hedges, troublesome trees, or unwanted stumps, J&K can take care of that too with tree removal, trimming, and fertilizing too. J&K also has a 10% discount for seniors and veterans. Call 870-1329. Make your lawn the best on the block with J&K. First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas is committed to serving their banking customers as well as the communities where they live. And that's why we've invested in a new local call center located in our main office that not only provides FNBEA customers with access to real-time support for their banking needs, but also creates opportunities for more East Arkansans to come work with the region's largest independently owned bank. As your hometown bank for 135 years, we're offering convenience and commitment to all our many loyal customers. First National Bank of Eastern 
Western Arkansas. Member FDIC. Where are we going? I thought you wanted to get some stuff for the party. We're going to the old country store off the Cash River in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Jonesboro. Yeah, but we need something besides beer and wine, don't we? The old country store has all spirits now. I'm taking you to see all your favorite men. Oh, you mean Jack, Jim, Jose, and Johnny. Yep. You know, Jose's my favorite. Keep your clothes on this time. The proceeding was recorded by poorly paid voice actors. The Old Country Store and Spirits, 16067 Highway 63 East in Sedgwick, just 10 miles from Dan Avenue. The Old Country Store. Duck season is just around the corner, and whether you're in need of a new boat, a new motor, or just want your current one running, come see us at Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart. Now in stock, we have Tahatsu 25 horsepower and smaller motors. You can shop us both in-store and online. From a hole in your boat to a whole new boat, let our certified marine technicians get you ready for that next great duck hunt. Come to Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart and shop online at maxpw.com. The hunt begins here. Your vehicle is a personal and important investment. At Central Collision Center, we're more than collision repair. We do everything from minor paint touch-ups and windshield replacements to framework. We're committed to customer satisfaction and provide the highest quality of service. At Central Collision Center, we provide honest and expert auto care and offer a written lifetime warranty and on-site rental car arrangements. Stop by or give us a call today to schedule your free estimate. Central Collision Center, professional, convenient, reliable. Find Central Chevrolet on Stadium and online at centralcollisionctr.com. You You've already mailed it in at work today, so you might as well keep it right here. Back to the Workday Red Zone. All right, uh, last segment here on the Workday Red Zone. Appreciate all the calls, texts, and tweets today on our KavanaughCars.com question. Asking you for your biggest winner, your biggest loser from the sports weekend. Always brought to you. By our friends at KavanaughCars.com, a really good one-stop shop for those of you looking for a vehicle. You can pick out your car. You can get pre-approved. You can figure out what your trade is worth. You can calculate your payments. Heck, if you really want to, you can, you can buy a car from your couch. You can do it all right there on the website. Uh, didn't mention today the spoiler makers, as they're being called, Purdue. Getting the win over number two, Iowa. Weird stuff there with Purdue. Is they have more success over number two teams than like anybody in the country. Kind of a wild nugget there. But uh, they actually end with, with their win. They move into the top 25 this week. They end the longest top 25 drought among Power 5 schools. So it had been, wow. a, I think, 2009, maybe? Yeah. I, if uh, if uh, No, it had been prior to that. Now it, I think now it goes to Kansas, who hasn't been ranked since 2000. If Ole Miss and Tennessee didn't happen, Purdue football has the tweet of the day. Oh, I missed after, it. After beating oh. Iowa. I'll let yeah. you share it. I think I saw it, but if you got <laughs> the, it pulled up. We beat, the, we beat the number two out of you? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty clever. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> it was, uh, It was. I got to say, it was better than the French's mustard tweet. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> they did a... They did a good job. Man, some days I think it would be cool <laughs> to be a social media manager for a team or a brand or something. And then, gosh, so much pressure. You'd have to be funny, like, all the time. You'd have to be creative. You'd God. have to be able to seize the moment all the time. It's so much pressure. I'm telling you, some of these college football accounts this year have been hilarious. The petty is at a oh, different yeah. level than we've ever seen yeah. before. And while... Unfortunately, sometimes that petty leads to terrible acts like throwing a $14 beer on the field. It can also lead to some some pretty good stuff on social media. 
please don't throw any mustard, anyone who's been listening today. Just go home and put that in your fridge. Uh, that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us. Keep it here. The setup with Kate and Andrew is next, followed by the drive at 3 o'clock. Have it here in the morning for the front row with Budro at 7. RWRC Radio with JC comes your way at 10. Kate and I will be back tomorrow at noon. For Kate, I'm Kara. Thanks for hanging out. Can't wait to talk to you then. Have a great, great day. This is Will Oswald for your Monday Ticket Sports Update from KDA. Brought to you with Plants and Tire Service. We start things off with a woes mile, and it's a good one for Grizzlies fans. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reporting this morning that the Grizzlies and forward Jaron Jackson Jr. have agreed to a four-year, 